you there there's a there's a thought out there that you have to be loyal to your employer. Well, guess what? Lo- employers are not loyal to you. So, I mean, and and you know, maybe you know, maybe they should be or there there is this image of a sort of golden age when you work for a long time for the same employer and you got promoted and all of those things. Well, that hasn't been true for at least the past 20 years, and I don't think it was ever actually really the case. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District of South Downtown Columbus, Ohio. Hi, this is Brett. Older adults have ceaseless job challenges, as we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. And that's, you know, whether they're employed or in a job search, we've had many discussions uh, regarding ageism in job searches. Today, we're focusing on a different issue, though. What steps should we take while we are already in paid employment, whether it's a new job or one we've spent years performing? Brett, our friend and local expert, Sharon Hammersley, is here to provide our listeners with the critical information on owning their career. Sharon's been our guide to job searching for many years and always willing to provide us with current information needed by so many job applicants. Some of you know Sharon as the LinkedIn coach or the resume coach. She has generously provides job searching information to Central Ohioans in many formats, including working with nonprofits, our local libraries, and through her various workshops and training programs. So welcome, Sharon, to the studio today, and thanks so much for giving us your time again. Thanks so much, and I'm really glad to be here with my good friends, Carol and Brett. We've been doing this a long time. Yes, we have. And it gets better every time. That's true. That is very true. So talk about your background briefly and the services you've been providing to job seekers for these many, many years. Well, my goal is also to give people the tools and the information, but most of all, the self-confidence that they need to conduct a job search, move forward in their career. Um, I've been doing this now for, well, if you count the time that I spent at Ohio State as an academic advisor, close to 40 years. But um, basically the last 10 or 12 years, I've actually made um, a business out of helping people get to that next step, identify that next step and get to it through um, the coaching and tools and resources that I provide. Sharon and I have actually worked with students and clients literally from the age of 18 to 80. Exactly. In their educational and job search areas. Yeah. And we've been doing this a long time. I don't know that I've got 40 years, but I'm probably pushing it. Yeah, probably close. If you count count your years with employment for seniors, for sure. Right. Well, and even when I was working for the state, we did, I was at employment services for the state. So I wasn't working with clients directly, but still doing all that stuff. So um, Sharon, job hunting is a challenge. I mean, anybody who goes through a job search is just um, frustration as at the top of your list of, of emotions that you're going through. And it's important that we learn to control the process. As you said, self-confidence is one of the many key factors. And older adults have, uh, they especially if they've lost their job, it's, it's, it's critical. 
But when you actually land a position, you're in that job, you're just putzing along, doing it, doing what's, what they're asking you to do, it's very tempting to sit back, relax, and concentrate on the daily work as opposed to long-term career path. Is it a good strategy or should you continue to own or control your career? Well, it's really tempting just to focus on what's right in front of you. And and really, when you're in a job, a lot of your time and your effort goes into doing the very best job you can in the job that you have. However, when you focus on that exclusively, you can miss many types of opportunities to grow. And here's the thing. A job can end at any time. I mean, every week we see layoff notices, you know, big companies, Amazon, you know, I noticed that I think it was Chase was going to lay off 95 employees at one of their locations. So it's really, so um, just being a worker bee uh, can leave you truly unprepared for a sudden shift in your career path. So it's, it is important to pay attention to what you're doing and to do a really good job because that does help lay the groundwork for whatever's next. But, you know, it's really also important to be very cognizant of what you are, you know, what might be next and look for some opportunities to prepare for that. So the, the change in a job, whether it you lose it, you lose hours, whatever, happens very suddenly. Yes. You can't go back and gain that time to prepare yourself while you're working. You you can't go back. So if, if you wait till you're out of a job, it's it I don't want to say it's too late, but you're yeah. over a much bigger hill to, yeah. to climb. It, you're really behind. You're really behind in your timeline for looking for work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also, um that you have to address this is all inside of you though is that you feel guilty yeah. that while you're working you feel like you're kind of you know dissing the boss <laughs> by doing that sort of light search yep keeping your eye on the on you know what's maybe next um can you address that just a little bit it's like don't I, I know the answer is don't feel guilty but it's that but you do have to get over that hill Th- that's true here's the thing um you there there's a there's a thought out there that you have to be loyal to your employer. Well, guess what? Lo- employers are not loyal to you. So, I mean, and and you know, maybe you know, maybe they should be or there there is this image of a sort of golden age when you worked for a long time for the same employer and you got promoted and all of those things. Well, that hasn't been true for at least the past 20 years, and I don't think it was ever actually really the case. So um, there, there's, a, the, you, there's a little bit of balancing act there between you know, doing what your employer needs you to do and looking out for yourself, but you, you do have to do that. You have to have that balancing act well, in place. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that perspective because yeah. yeah. I've never been able to answer that Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, to somebody. But it's really two sides to the same coin. The, the coin is that you are increasing your skill level. One side is you're doing it for future opportunities. The other side is increasing your skill level could possibly help your employer. 
So just because you are increasing your skill level doesn't mean the employer isn't going to get something out of it. Yeah. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're working every day, you're receiving your salary, and, and perhaps you occasionally think about what might be next and how you can prepare. It also isn't always obvious that an employer is not interested in helping you grow your career or may even be thinking about eliminating your position. I mean, talk about the extremes. What are some clues you should be aware of before it's too late? Well, there are signs. um, Some are pretty subtle and some are not so subtle that you should pay attention to. Uh, One area, if you're starting to get negative feedback when – Previously, you'd gotten positive feedback with your reviews that your work was satisfactory, or you even received compliments on the quality of your work, and now you're, it, something seems to have shifted somewhere. So that's, that's a clue to pay attention to. Um, that can be really subtle because you can think, well, maybe my manager just had a bad day or something like that, you know, and, and you don't really give it too much thought. Um, Areas where you should really start to pay attention are if you get a reduction in hours worked. That can be a real sign. And and in some cases, that has nothing to do with you. The company is just there. The it's the health of the company. Yeah, it's the health of the company. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, but if other employees are maintaining or increasing your, their workload and you're getting your hours cut, then that should be something that you should pay attention to, too. And another, this is starting to be a bigger red flag, um, reduction in responsibilities. Previously, you've had a team of people working with you, and now it's just you. You've had some responsibilities taken off your plate or even assigned some tasks that, you know, are basically, they're things that any uh, entry-level person could do, and now all of a sudden they're asking you to do that. And again, sometimes that's just that the company is really not very great shape. And and if you see these types of things, you should also be looking out for any signs that the company really is not in great shape because that is a big red flag that says, pay attention here. Um, you may actually need to jump. So, mm-hmm. and then um, if you're not getting any opportunities and you see that other people are to get training and skill building, that would be another one. And then, um, if you're not being included in meetings, it's sort of like, oh, we're going to, you know, you're, you're not important to this meeting. We're going to shut you out. And that's a big red flag, you know, when you previously had input. When you think about the first point on getting negative feedback very suddenly, how many of us have gone through changes in managers mm-hmm. or supervisors, particularly if you've been in a company for a long time and now you suddenly have a somebody who's your supervisor who's half your age. That is a, can be a huge red flag that you really need to watch for where um, an employer may be looking at eliminating your position. Yeah, and I think that's true. And, and it is, you know, there's always, a, there's always a challenge in the intergenerational workforce. But, and you have to, you really do have to kind of think about, well, how does this person see the world differently from me? And there can be some good conversations around that. But if you're really just getting shut down, you know, you're, you're trying to hold up your end of the deal and you're, you're not getting anywhere, that's really, you, you do have to watch for that type of thing and really start thinking about, so what am I going to do next? This is just, 
this this doesn't look like it's going down a path that I really want to go down. Right. Yeah. right. And and you know everything you've said there, it is not all based on age. It can no. happen to any age. I mean, it's, I guess it is based on age, but it's not ageism. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'm not trying to deflate that the ageism mm-hmm. is a pro is is not a problem. But if you look at it from a 25 year old or a 35 year or 45 year old, all these things can happen. Yeah, and they do. Regularly, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, right. Good point. Good point. Um, okay, so that's your first step. You've seen these things happen to you in your daily work. You're wondering. You're sitting back, wondering. Maybe my employer isn't interested in helping me grow and continue in this organization. What steps do you need to take to ensure that no matter what happens in your current position, you're prepared to move forward? Yes. Well, I would say the first step is just to be really honest with yourself. I mean, yeah, we can kind of settle in and be kind of comfortable in position, just kind of floating along, doing, you know, doing what we need to do. And um, maybe, maybe the, uh, you're not really putting out that little bit of extra that, you know, would, would get you noticed and maybe would counteract some of the negative negative feedback that you're getting. So that that would be my first step. Um, and then take a look at the current environment. We've already mentioned this, you know. Has the situation the company changed or the economic environment? So if the company is somehow gotten on um, shaky financial ground, it, that's not just going to impact you. That's going to impact everybody in the company. Uh, the economic environment, I mean, we have economic cycles, Stuff goes up, stuff goes down. Well, we've been through a really, really interesting economic cycle. In fact, I think we're still in it right now. But, you know, so then the next step is, you know, after you've done your self-assessment, make a list of projects that you've worked on over the past year or two years and identify what you have contributed and what skills you used. And then finally... Make it a point to sit down with your manager and ask, you know, ask for their honest assessment. Um, what could you do better? How could you better support business goals? And emphasize that your goal is to contribute and be an outstanding employee. So um, you want you want to do all of this because you owe that to yourself. Feedback, you know, even feedback that that you know is saying, "Hey, there's a problem here." That's some that's good feedback and something that you should pay attention to because it could be something that could be easily fixed, fixed had you dealt with it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but now, here's the bottom line: if you find that your manager is unwilling to engage with you, that's of course a huge red flag, and you should be prepared and laying the groundwork to move on. And I would, I would think that would be even if, you know, even if the company were in good financial shape or you couldn't see any other reason why this is happening, except maybe you've had a change in managers or something like that. That would be a very good reason to say, okay, I can see that my time here is probably going to be limited. I really need to double down on getting myself ready for my next step. Right. So. right. And, and I think, too, going and having those conversations with your supervisors or managers or HR, whoever you talk to, what's really important is that you're walking in being willing to listen to them. Yes. You're not, you're not walking in being defensive. You just want clarification. But if you walk in and be defensive, you're going to get shut down. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, this has to be a two-way conversation, and you right. have to you have to be very open to hearing what they have to say, even if it's not something you really and and willing to try to make the change. Yeah, yeah. If right. if you don't want to hear those things, you may not want to have that conversation. Yeah, right, right. Well, ageism is often a contributing factor to that situation, this situation. But what other factors might be affecting your diminished p- position? Okay, so. The primary factor is the rapidly changing, involving work and economic environment. I think that's really the primary cause of this. Um, and this is incidentally, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, you know, why you really need to keep your skills up to date, ensure that you are tracking your contributions, and making an effort to understand your employer's needs and address them. So all of those things um, – you want to be one of those folks who does step up to the plate, does you know pay attention to what you're seeing. Um, it can be difficult, depending on the environment, to say, "Hey, I really see a problem here, um, and um, I have a have a solution." Don't don't point out a problem that you don't have a solution for. Good point. Yeah, yeah. But but make every effort in in the position, and part part of one of your skills is just. The ability to recognize when there's something that does need to be fixed and and developing solutions to get it fixed. That's actually a great skill to have. It's one of our soft skills, as we call them, but a very critical skill for any employee. And, and it will help you in your career progression, even if you decide that you're going to move on from wherever you're currently employed. Right. So. I, I think building skills, continuing to learn, being open to new information is probably one of the hardest things for workers in our economy to deal with. Um, so many times I've talked to folks and uh, they they have not learned anything new since they graduated from college 30 years ago. And, and you can't, you have to always be willing to learn something new. But also employers need to help in that skill building, it doesn't always happen. Once you are working and you're in a position working on those skills, you can't just depend on that employer to teach you. What should we remember and and do in our own phases of skill building, even if well, after we've landed that job? Well, as we previously mentioned, it's not wise to simply sit on your current skill set. Um, investigate what additional skills are necessary to advance in your career, even if you're not looking to be promoted to a very high level. Um, Sometimes um, just moving to a different area within the business requires many of the skills you have and some that you don't yet have. And making a lateral move can be actually very beneficial for your career if you're willing to uh, identify and acquire those additional skills. And I will say one skill that is clearly going to be needed and has been in the news a lot is the ability to use artificial intelligence or AI um, to be more productive in your work. And employees are very rightly concerned about AI. And the best strategy is to keep up with this technology to identify where it's going to be most useful in your work. 
because you can either grab hold of this technology and use it to your advantage, or I think you really will be behind in terms mm-hmm. of that. So you you need to start to understand that. And and it's a big and constantly evolving field. And I don't claim to know a lot about it yet either. But I can tell you one thing for sure. I'm working with it right now pretty much on a daily basis to discover how it can make me more productive. So um, I think that that's really important no matter what your position is. And um, there there is going to be more automation, but you know you can make yourself useful using AI rather than just sitting there and wait, waiting for AI to basically eliminate your job. Right. So, so um, another thing, skill building area is that whatever your profession is, there's likely a professional organization. The, the people that get ahead in the field are the ones that are really active and your professional organization in learning, your professional organization offers great learning opportunities. Um, there are yearly conferences. There are podcasts. There are webinars. There are all kinds of things. I ha- um, My personal experience with my professional organizations is we have an annual conference. We have a webinar every other month. We have two or three kind of social events every year. But at social events, obviously, you're going to be networking. Great chance to learn, ask people maybe in slightly different areas how they got there and identify maybe some skills you could use if you thought that might be of interest to you. Right. And and when you th- think about it, going back to that, your comments about the AI, you can't just learn this by reading the newspaper. You have to sort of delve into your company and your industry. How better to do that than utilizing those professional organizations, um, uh, trade trade journals or trade publications, that's where you're probably going to be able to find those tips on what AI is doing to your industry. Yes, exactly. So what you're doing in terms of your actual career going forward to the future is going to give you the information you need today on things like AI or changes in um, not just in processes but in the industry itself, for instance. Lots of changes in the insurance industry because insurance carriers aren't giving out new policies. How does that change what you are doing in your job in that insurance industry? So there are things that are going on that you're going to learn that you'll be able to kind of put all those pieces together into the puzzle. Exactly. So that that is really important, I think. Well, older adults um, sometimes have difficulty in building their network. Uh, They see the value of networking for job search and make an effort to participate in networking events. But what should we be doing with our network once we have a job? That's an excellent question. Um, Because the best time to build your network is when you have a job. And let's be clear about this. Networking is not an event. It's a process, um, and we we go through that process many, many times over the course. So you can evaluate and should evaluate who's currently in your network and take some action to keep in touch with it. You know, in sales, this is called keeping warm leads out there because you may not need them today, but you might need them tomorrow. So um, 
This can be something as simple as a quick note. Hope you're doing well. Would love to hear what's new or, you know, if they're local. People now are so dispersed. You know, this may be a colleague who's on the other side of the country, but, you know, you've worked with them or you worked in person with them in the past. Um, Just keep in touch with them. If they're local, you know, just sit down over a cup of coffee or lunch at some point. And you're talking like once a year, right? Yeah, once a year. Once a year. Once but, a but year. How much better, you know, Zoom with coffee or that's Sharon, Zoom with coffee. For me, it's Zoom with wine. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, well, once, it depends on the time of day. Exactly. Sure. Well, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and um, you want to, even if you're planning to stay in your current role, you know, for the foreseeable future, um, be intentional about building contacts that, if needed, can connect you with new opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of goes back to the skill building because one way that you can build your network is to look at skills that you might need to acquire in your current job, or if you're thinking of maybe making a lateral move, find people that are already there, start talking to them. You know, and again, this this isn't something that you do every day, every week, even every month, but every couple of months. And then just like the we mentioned previously, you reach out to them, you know, maybe once a year, or maybe you see an article and you're like, Hey, I thought of you, I'm I'm just gonna pass this along. Right. Those types right. of things. And the other thing is and I'm really hammering on this because I think it is really important and people don't understand it real well. Your professional organization is your best resource for networking. That's your local professional organization, but by extension, the national professional organizations as well. Because you can have, you know, people, now people do work remotely. There may be opportunities out there that you wouldn't even be aware of if you did participate in both your local and your national professional organizations. So how would you address, and this kind of goes along with what we just talked about too, what's coming back into my mind is all the fatigue that goes into finding that job that you finally found. Yeah. And then you're saying right now, but Sharon, I'm burned out. I, I, I did all this work to get this job. And now you're telling me I don't even get a honeymoon (laughs) time period. Yeah of working again, how how do you, with your clients, approach that, yep, I get it. I know there's fatigue in this, but what, what are some tricks in your mind, I guess, to kind of go, here's how you get over those hurdles, because you've got to keep doing this. Yes, you do have to keep doing this. Now, I think some people think, okay, they've, they've just settled into a job. Your primary objective in starting that new job is to make sure that you're doing really, really well in that new job because you're probably going to have a 90-day evaluation or something. But here's the trick. Um, It's not so much then about doing networking and all this other stuff we mentioned, but, you know, as you start to work on projects, um, keep some notes, you know. If you notice any issues that are in the company, just keep some notes initially. Hey, you're the new person on the block. You know, you don't want to go out there waving your flag and going, you got a problem here. But, you know, just keep notes. And once you start that habit of keeping notes, and maybe somebody gave you a nice compliment, you know, keep the email, you know, all of that. So just initially just little things. It's not that big thing. And then as you get more settled in the job, 
then these other things like the skill building and the networking and everything um, will come a little bit more naturally to you. And you won't feel like it's just like, oh, on top of working, I got to do all this. So. You know, I, I think, too, that I, I always used to tell clients that I was a great networker because I was inherently nosy. And so I'd ask people a lot of questions just because I was interested in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. When you're networking for a job, when you're out of work and trying and having difficulty paying bills, networking is difficult because it's emotionally draining because you have all of these other needs that can't be met until you get a job. Take networking as a fun part of what you're doing after you've actually landed that position. Don't look at networking as a chore. Look at it as making yourself a better person. It's no different really than going to the gym every day. It and it and you really make it part of your um that that every make it an, an an additional point on your everyday list of activities, but now you can do it and enjoy it because you don't have that extra stress from not being able to pay your bills or or make sure your kids are in school or whatever. Yeah. So it, that's I think we've we've lost the um the beauty of and the enjoyment of learning. And you really need to kind of find that again. Yes, I think so. And and here's the thing about that. Um, the person who benefits most from that, and this is you can see this as selfish or not, is you. Right. You you really do benefit from that. And and don't don't think just because you 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 know you're working and all of that that you don't deserve to have some of these things. You definitely deserve. Look, you had to work really really hard and probably go through some pretty hard times to get this job. Mm-hmm. So enjoy being able to do things for yourself and not having to worry about where your next paycheck is coming right. from. And in the process, um, keeping yourself current, laying a good foundation, building your self-confidence. So that's that's really what. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Sharon, you know, one of the things that we always talk about are all of the resource programs and services available to job seekers in our community. Central Ohio is uh, just immensely blessed on having so much out there for people. And most of it is either free or very low cost. What are some of your recommendations on um, what people can do and what they can take advantage of to help them not only in the career, the job search, but in maintaining their position? Yeah. Well, professional organizations are, of course, great resources. And also consider civic clubs like Rotary or Civitan or something like that. That's a great way. I mean, when, when you join a, an organization like that, you've got a built-in network. Right. All of a sudden, you know, it, it's just there. Chambers of Commerce, you know, is, um, they're mostly for business people. But why wouldn't you, you know, if there's something that's particularly interesting, why wouldn't you go to a Chamber of Commerce event? I think that that's, that's great. Um a great strategy is not just joining organizations, but volunteering, you know, and and um, even becoming an officer because that boosts your professional visibility and also your community visibility and um, and credibility. You know, volunteering is always a great thing. Volunteering for a cause you're really passionate about, um, I think that actually gives you a boost. You know, even you know. 
Uh, we go up and down when we're working too. You know, some days are just not very fun. And so, but if you have these other activities that really give you a boost and and help you understand how you can help other people, I think that's great. And an easy way to have something to talk about on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, here here in Columbus, there are many great organizations that offer job search support to candidates of all ages. And you don't have to be out of a job. If you're in one of the situations we discussed where you're starting to see that things may be shaky with your current employer, um, I would make a proactive outreach to some of these organizations to see what resources might be available to you and where to get started. Um, Ohio Means Jobs. Jewish Family Services, Goodwill, um, New Directions Career Center offers support to women in transition. And if you're an Ohio State alum or, in fact, an alum of most Ohio colleges, there is a dedicated alumni job search, job fair um, network that you can take advantage of. And I would definitely do so. I there either was an alumni job fair recently or there's mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. one coming up very shortly right. that's sponsored jointly by Ohio State and a lot of the other Ohio colleges mm-hmm. and universities. So that's something um, to think about. And um, most alumni associations have career centers, um, so you can take advantage of them or at least investigate what resources that uh, your college or university right. offers to their alumni. And I think all of that's important. And, and um, many of the alumni organizations have uh, job boards. Yep. So for Ohio State, as you know, hire a Buckeye, Buckeyes hiring, Buckeyes. Um, but also, if your college or university doesn't have an alumni association uh, career services office, check back with your college because many times they will have opportunities, if nothing else, letting you use the job board. And again, it's the notion that alumni hiring alumni um, the the other part that I wanted to add to this, if you're not in central Ohio, think in terms of the same ideas. Go to your college, wherever it's located. Go to your state or county entity that does, that works on workforce development. They will have programs, workshops, job boards, all of that for you. And if you are looking for a nonprofit to help you, there are many, many nonprofits. The Goodwill uh, Services Programs across the country have job programs. Um, the Jewish Family Services Programs across the country have job programs. And anybody can go to these. You don't have to either be disabled or only in the Jewish community. They're open to everybody. But just uh, call. Uh, uh, for us, we can call the Columbus Foundation and get names or go to their website, get names of, of other nonprofits, go to um, whatever foundation is in your community and see if they have names of nonprofits that do job search uh, services, and and they're out there. We will include all of that information on our resources sheet on the website when this podcast is posted. Mm-hmm. We always provide our guests an opportunity for the last words of wisdom. So, Tell us, what did we not talk about today or um, reiterate something, but give us those last words that are going to help our listeners owning their career. Well, I would say that the most important strategy that you can use to own your career 
is to recognize that you are the person in charge of your career. And, you know, uh, one one thing that we really didn't mention in that day, great detail, but I, w- I would just say, make sure that you keep good records all the time. It doesn't have to be that um, you're, you're doing this on a daily or even weekly basis. But, you know, when you get your annual evaluations, hopefully your company does annual evaluations. Not everybody does. But when you get your annual evaluations, make sure you keep a copy or an electronic copy. If you get complimentary emails from clients or supervisors or whoever, just forward that to your personal email address. Keep a little file. Um, That way, no matter what situation you're in, if you have those notes, if you have those reviews, if you have those other little bits of information, that's going to be really helpful in terms of whatever the next step is, whether it's sudden or really well planned out, you'll have a lot of information that you can put into your next resume, maybe your LinkedIn profile. And I would say those are really good things to have. And the other part of this is, like I said, you are the captain of your ship. Don't let anybody else tell you, including your employer, to your earlier question, Brett, that you you shouldn't actually take charge of who you are, what you want, and the path that you're going to take to get there. Well, many thanks to Sharon, our LinkedIn coach and local expert, assisting job seekers throughout Central Ohio. Thanks for joining us. This has been good. I'm glad we talked about when you finally have the job because it's always been the the reverse. I think this has been a good, uh, you know, confirmation that you will get a job and this is what you got to do. So uh, thank you for joining us, listeners. Uh, Don't forget to check out our show notes on the website for contact information and the resources we've discussed today. We've also created a collection of Sharon's episodes, previous episodes. So it's a nice, real easy link to click on it. And all of a sudden, all these other episodes that Sharon's been a guest on will populate. So you can listen to those as well, too. So go to the website, check out that. You can find out, uh, find all this information at lookingforwardourway.com. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this and any of our other podcast episodes.